God. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to draw your attention to one verse of Scripture, and I just want to talk to you uh, a little bit from my heart and thought that God had placed in my uh, mind yesterday. Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll just read verse number 5. Uh, and the Word of God says, And by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his, transla- his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Simple verse of Scripture. But it would not be uh, amazing just to be walking with God, to have your, your walk with God and your relationship with God down to a level of perfection that you are just walking down the road one day. I don't know if he was praying. I don't know what was going on. But the Bible says that God just translated him. He just took him to be with him because the testimony of his life was the fact that he pleased God. And I want to talk to you for just the next uh, little bit tonight on this subject, checking our direction. I want to talk to you about checking our direction. Um, At the very end of time for all of us, every life will be able to be summed up into one of two categories. Um, The first one that I would like to share with you is the category of what could have been. Um, Opportunities missed. We can look at someone as they um, even lay before us and we celebrate their life here in this building uh, they're going to be placed in our minds in one of, ca- one, one of two categories. So, you know, we're going to look at some, even laying in the funeral home, and we're going to say, what could have been of their life if they had only been more faithful, if they had only uh, done a little more for Christ, what opportunities they had missed or what opportunities they had that they squandered even. Uh, there was a lot or there was a fork in the road in their life, and they took the wrong turn and went down the wrong path. The other, uh, the other category we could place a life in was their life was a testimony. Just like Enoch, their life was a testimony. There are many that have gone on before us um, that I could just recall as I stand here in this pulpit tonight uh, that I had elders that I had grown up watching their life and their life was a testimony to me. If life would tell me, tell us young people, the younger generation, that living for God at that level was quite possible. And that you could live in an unholy world and still live a holy and separated life. So those, those people, we can look at them and say, well, their life was a testimony. It was a, a testimony of God's goodness, and it was a testimony of God's grace, or it was a testimony of a right choice that was made in a right direction that was traveled in their life. Uh, we, cannot, we cannot please God unconsciously. Um, pleasing God is not just something that uh, people have a natural knack for, that humanity, fleshly humanity, has a knack for. It's just not something that is created in us, uh, per se, just to, be, uh, just to be God-pleasing right out of the gate. That's just not the way that we were created. That's not sinful man. Uh, but but uh, pleasing God is something that we all have to work for and we all have to work towards. I, I think of Enoch. It was not, I'm sure it was not in Enoch's DNA. 
I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure that he just didn't uh, grow up with his life being pleasing to God, but he had to walk with God, and he had to commune with God, and he had to dedicate his life to serving God and to living for God, making sure that everything that he did in life was pleasing unto God because the Bible says that Enoch pleased God. Pleasing God has absolutely nothing to do with where you were born, has nothing to do with what family you were born in, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what your last name is. It has nothing to do with your pedigree uh, at all. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks that you grew up on. It doesn't matter if you were born with the proverbial uh, golden spoon in your mouth. But if we're going to please God and if we're going to ever hear him say, well done, it's not just going to be a fluke or just be happenstance that we hear that, but it will happen and it will be because there were some deliberate decisions that were made in the life of every child of God. Every person that stands before the Lord and he looks at us Hopefully, he looks at us and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's not going to be because of what my name is. It's not going to be because I ever stood behind a pulpit and I ever preached. Or it's not going to be because you ever taught a Sunday school class. It's not going to be because you were a ministry leader. But it's going to be because of some decisions that you made in your life that, hey, I don't care how how tough the road may get, but I'm going to live for God and I'm going to serve Him and I'm going to set my life apart from the world so that I am pleasing unto God. And uh, maybe, maybe some of us, maybe I don't think I'm capable of it. Maybe someone in this building is capable of living a life that is so pleasing to God that God translates you one day and that's great. And that's good, but, but uh, if he does not do that, then we're either going to go by way of rapture or by way of grave. But the one thing that we can, uh, just, we can just stand on is that we are going to stand before him one day. Brother Dorn, and he is going to open, that book is going to be open before us. And he is going to uh, recall every account of our lives and, uh, and, and what is going to affect whether or not we hear him say, well done, will be a product of the choices that we make while we live this life and while we walk with God. Uh, we choose the right path and we choose the right course and the right road that will lead us to the foot of the cross. I, I, I want to share this with you. Geese. Uh, we see them all over the place. If you go to the, to the campus, uh, you can't you can't step anywhere with about stepping on a goose. Yeah, I know you thought I was going to say something else, but you're going to step on a goose about everywhere you go around the campus. They're all over the place. But something interesting about geese they 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 possess a uncanny ability and wherewithal to migrate unlike some of us, but to migrate south when the cold winter weather sets into the northern territory and the water begins to freeze. And uh, geese like water, and, and, and being a little bit of a hunter, I, I understand that during uh, goose and duck season, that as long as the bodies of water are open, the birds are still around. But the moment that the, that the water begins to ice over, the birds move south because they're looking for open water and they're looking for uh, a place where they can uh, can feed and not have to 
I guess you want to say they're a little bit lazy, but someplace that they don't have to work for uh, their food, but they just they 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 and they possess this canny ability to sense that coming, and when is the the moment that the water starts to freeze, they they fly south. They prepare themselves. Uh, for that journey, many people don't know this, but they pres- they they prepare themselves by uh, they fly every day. But they they will go from uh, water in the morning. They will go to a field, a, a corn field, and they will feed there. And then in the afternoon, they will fly a short distance back to water, where they'll drink and they'll they'll bathe or whatever it is they do. Then in the evening, they will go from water back to the fields, and that's where they spend their nights. Uh, but in preparation for this journey that they're going to take during the winter hours, their, their flights during the day become longer and longer. Every day they fly a little bit further to water, all in preparation to get themselves ready for a 3,000-plus-mile journey that they may be on. They do, not only do they, do they do this, but they prepare themselves by leaning their, their body weight, their body fat down. Uh, they, I guess geese fast. I don't know what, I don't know what you want to call it. But they prepare themselves and getting their body weight down so that when they make the journey, when they, when they one day when they take off and they make that long journey, then they're prepared for it. They've, they've made some preparations. They've, they've, they've practiced their flying. They've, flo- they've flown a little bit further every day, and now their bodies weigh less so they can fly without expending uh, too much energy. And then they set out on their journey to warmer waters. And once winter in the north gives way to the warmer temperatures of spring, and thank God for that, the same preparations that they made to fly south are the same preparations they make to fly back north. Now listen, they don't they don't know why they do it. They 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 don't I I'm, I'm sure they don't understand exactly why, but it's something in them that's instinctual. It's something in them that they just they just know to do. They were born with that nature and that ability. It is natural to them. It is built into their DNA because they are migratory birds. Um, but we are told in Scripture um, by at least two men in the Word of God who were called up into the third heaven and they surveyed all an all-inspiring place and they recorded angelic centuries or angels uh, that were present as they constantly circled the throne of God whose purpose their very purpose, purpose and reason for existence was to cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. They were created for that very purpose of praising God. It wasn't something that they had to be taught to do or that they had to be encouraged to do. Rather, it was, uh, it was second nature to them. It's just something that they knew to do. Their, their cries to God are something that they cannot contain being in the presence of a holy God because praise is what they were created to do. But you and I live for God because of a conscious 
decision that we make that, it, that when, when we say that this is what I'm going to do. I, I don't care what others around me do. I don't care if they fall by the wayside. I'll pray for them and I'll help them as long as I can. But I've made a, con- a conscious choice that I'm going to serve and I am going to live for God. And listen, it is not something that comes natural to us. Not something that comes natural to us because man, flesh, the fleshly desires is to first please the flesh. Our desire is to first search after what we want. And it's to first search after what pleases me. And it's not in our nature to seek to please him first, but it's a conscious decision that we have to make. There is a nature that exists inside every one of us that is a result of Adam and Eve's fall in the Garden of Eden, and it wants to pull us down uh, rather than to elevate us. That's our flesh. Our flesh wants to pull us down into a downward spiral rather than something that elevates us, and it wants to take us lower and lower and lower into sin. Hebrews chapter 11 that we read in our text is often referred to as the Hall of Fame chapter or the Hall of Faith chapter um, in referring to men of old of the Old Testament because it says things like, by faith, Abel. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. It tells us, now faith is the substance of ha- things hoped for, It's the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes on to tell us, through faith we understand that we were framed by the Word of God. I would like to take us all the way back uh, in this this thought of mine to the very beginning, to the book of Genesis, uh, where Enoch lived at that moment. The Bible tells us that he lived 65 years and he begat Methuselah. And then the Bible also tells us that Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Now there's something that happened to Enoch that changed his perception and his desires. And I want to share that with you, what I feel that that was. I can't tell you too much about Enoch prior to the birth of his son. But rather there was something inside of Enoch that caused him to realize that my boy is going to look to his daddy for direction. If that boy is ever going to find the right direction for his life, then dad better get to heading and leading him in the right direction for his life. And from that moment on, the Bible described Enoch as a man that walked after God. He, the Bible does not describe him in that context until after the birth of his son. But after that, he, he saw some, some things. He knew that that boy was going to watch him. And he knew that boy was going to follow dad's lead. And he knew that boy was going to have to be taught to walk the right direction. And he was going to have to be taught the difference between what right and wrong. And he knew that he had an awesome responsibility that was laid upon his shoulder. And he said that if my boy is ever going to learn to walk with God, then I'm going to have to walk with God. If 
my children are going to ever uh, learn to have a relationship with God, then guess what? Mom and dad are going to have to have a relationship with God. And the Bible says after that, that 300 years after that, that Enoch walked after God. He desired to know God. He desired to set his life's course on a higher road of existence than what just pleased his flesh. But he was determined to walk after and to follow after God. He began to seek God. He began to have a prayer life. He began to study the Word of God. There was a deep-rooted desire that, that sprang up inside of Enoch that said, I'm going to live for God. God the best that I know how. My dad may never have told me. My grandfather may never have taught me, but I got, I'm, I'm going to learn it on my own. I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. He was saying, I may stumble and I may fall every now and, the, and then, but I'm going to get back up and I'm going to search after God because the Bible says, rejoice not my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. Sometimes walking with God, stumbling blocks come in our path, and it causes us to stumble and fall. And in, in, in talking about making decisions, it is a decision that every one of us have to make because we will fall. We will fall. Sometimes we will fall big, and sometimes it will be just a little stumble, and we'll gain our feet, and we'll just keep on walking. But sometimes something will pop up in our life that will cause us to literally fall to our knees and sometimes fall flat on our face. And then we have to make the decision whether or not we're going to stay in that state, whether or not we're going to stay in that pit that we fell in, or if we're going to get back up and we're going to walk after God. And sometimes when we're there on our face, and everybody in this building can attest to this, sometimes it's easier to say, I'm just going to stay here. I, I can't do it. I can't walk for God. Everything I try, I always tease my cousin Rich because everything that Rich Price touches turns to gold. And I tell him that often. I, he he always call he calls me, and I can tell if he's got some news because when I pick up the phone, he's laughing, and he's like, "Bro, you're not going to believe this." And he'll tell me. I, I I searched for a a truck for forever here a couple years ago, and I. Finally found one after months of looking. I thought, man, I got, a, I got the greatest truck in the world. I'm really happy about this. And uh, it wasn't a week later that he, fought, he, he found a newer, bigger, better truck for about half the price that I paid for my truck. And he had to call me and tell me. And uh, so he just he kind of rubbed it in. He, everything he, he touches turned to go. But how many will just be honest in this place and say, sometimes I feel like that everything I touch turns to dirt. I say, if a lie don't touches it, it turns to dirt. That's, that's my motto. That's, that's, our, that's on our family crest. Don't touch us, you'll turn to dirt. Uh, but sometimes we get to feeling sorry for ourselves and, and things like that, and we stumble and we fall, and we're like, what is the use of getting back up? And, and we find ourselves just laying there in our own, uh, feeling sorry for ourselves, if you will. But, but there's a decision that has to be made, and that's a very crucial time for us, is if we fall, the longer that we stay down, the harder it is for us to get back up. The longer that we stay on our knees, uh, giving in to whatever caused us to stumble and fall, 
the harder it is for us to get up. But we have to quickly make a decision. It's just like that walking with God. We have to make a decision. We don't have to think about it. It has to become second nature that I'm not going to stay down here. I, I'm not going to feel sorry for my... Sometimes we think that we're the only ones that ever go through it. But just like David, sometimes the Bible tells us that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And sometimes we got to pat our own back. And sometimes we got to help ourselves up the best that we can get and say, I refuse to stay here. And I refuse to give in to this temptation and this stumbling block. But I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk after God to the best of my ability. And that's what kind of attitude Enoch had. He said, I, I don't know how to do it. Mom, mom didn't live for God. Dad didn't live for God. They never taught me. But he said, there's one thing that I have determined, that I'm going to walk with God. I may fall, I may fail, and yes, I will, but I'm going to walk with him to the best of my ability. Why? Because there are others that are watching me. I've got a boy that's watching me. I've got a son now that is watching me. And if he's ever going to learn, somebody's going to have to teach him, and it's got to be me. And if I'm going to teach him, then I've got to have a relationship with God. I want to speak to every parent in this building tonight and say that if your kids are ever going to learn how to walk with God, you can't leave it up to a Sunday school teacher that has them about one hour a week. And you can't leave it to a, a, a children's ministry that has them about an hour a week. But, the, but some moms and dads are going to have to step up to the plate and say if they're going to learn, they're going to have to learn from me. And let me tell you, kids have a crazy ability to know when someone's faking it or not. They know. Moms, dads, they know if you're really walking with God or you're not. They know. They know if you're just going through the motions. They can sense that because they, they see a different mom and dad in church on Sunday. Hello. And they see a mom and dad on Monday that doesn't line up with church mom and dad. And mom and dad on Monday... They're not talking like they talked in church on Sunday. And they're not living the lifestyle on Monday that they were living on Sunday. It's very, very important that we get, we get sold out to a relationship with God, that we really walk with God like we say that we do, that we really study the Word of God like we try to portray that we do and, and realize that there are some kids, there are little eyes that are watching us. And maybe you're not a parent in this building tonight. Maybe you're an adult and you don't have kids of your own. But let me tell you, I'm speaking to you too because there are some children in this building, in this church that attend here that are watching you just as they're watching mom and dad. And they're watching you to see how you react when you stumble. They're watching you to see how you're going to react when things get tough in life. But there's a decision that every one of us have to make. Conscious or unconscious, however you need to make it, it doesn't matter. But you've got to get sold out to this relationship with God. You've got to get sold out to walking with God, no matter what it costs me. Because it's not always an easy life. It's not always just roses. It's not always cotton candy. Sometimes there's thorns and thistles and some rough patches that we have to walk through, but we got to keep walking with him. I'm sure Enoch, I'm sure Enoch in his some 300 years after he decided to walk with God, I'm sure there were stumbling blocks. I'm sure there were times where he felt like throwing in the towel. I'm sure there were times that he felt like just giving up, but he determined, no, 
I, I know the road's tough, but I'm going to walk with him. I've come this far. We, we, we've seen, we, we used to sing that old song, I've come this far by faith, leaning on his arm. We've come this far by faith, trusting in the Lord to take us, and we've decided we're going we're gonna to walk with him and we're going to live with him. And when the road gets rough and when things get tough, that's not a time to throw in the towel, but that's a time that you lean even more on the arms of God by faith and walk with him. You put one foot in front of the other. I don't care what life, what kind of, what kind of uh, uh, circumstance life is dealing you, but you get out of bed every morning, you put one foot in front of the other, and you say, you know what, I'm going to align my, my life with the word of God. I'm I'm going to live according to the word of God today. I may not feel like it. I may like, feel like throwing in the towel. I may feel like giving up, but I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to have a relationship with him because I've come this far. I've come too far now to turn back to what I used to be. I'm sure that Enoch used, many times thought, man, it, I, I, life was better before I started walking with God. Life was easier before I started walking with God. I'm sure he felt like throwing in the towel. All of us, at one point or another, have felt like throwing in the towel. And if, and if you haven't, uh, I don't know why you haven't been translated yet. Because we've all been there. We've all felt that way. We've all wanted to question God and, 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 and wanted to just say, just, just forget it. But no, we keep walking with him. We keep serving him. Because we made a choice that I'm going to live for God. I want, you, I want you to know this. I want to tell you this. A meaningful destination is reached only because there was a course that was established and because purposeful steps were taken in that direction. A meaningful destination was reached because there was a plan. There was a direction that was traveled and that there were steps taken to get to that destination. I'm sure that a, a lawyer or a doctor, there's no, no, no lawyer or doctor out there that had just graduated high school and walked into a hospital or a law office and started practicing their prospective careers. But there was a training process. They had to they had to go to college. They had to obtain their degrees uh, in order to to uh, uh, in order to have the, the the career that they have. And so there were steps that they had to take. They had to go through so many years of schooling. They had to take tests, and they had to they had to uh, doctors had to do clinicals, and they had to go through residency. And and before long, after all these steps are taken, then they are able to call themselves Dr. So-and-so. It doesn't just happen, but there was a purpose, and there was a plan, and there was a road to travel, and they, they obtained their degree, and they obtained their career because they decided that, that the end result, the destination, was worth the hard times it was to get there. Let me, let me speak to somebody here tonight. I want to tell you that if you have set your destination as as heaven, as you, if you've set your destination as living for all of eternity in heaven, then let me tell you that destination, although you can't even comprehend it right now, is far greater than the steps that it takes to get there. And it's far greater than the rocky roads that we have to walk. And it's far greater than the stumbling blocks that we have to negotiate in this life. But we have to have a made up mind to say, if that destination 
if that is what I want to obtain, and I know that there is many blessings and there's uh, eternal life and there is peace forevermore, there's no more sickness and there's no more pain, then if that is really what I'm searching after, then God, let me go through whatever I have to go through in this life. But I can tell you right now, I'm going to keep walking with him. I'm going to keep talking with him until I reach that place that I have deemed as a, a destination that I want to go to. You can't, you cannot hear me tonight. You cannot uh, get to a destination without traveling a road. You cannot, Cameron, you can't go to Key West, Florida by getting on I-65 heading north to Chicago. If you do that, you're going to be gravely disappointed. But there has to be a plan. If you're going to take a trip, uh, now, you don't, we don't do this anymore, but uh, used to be if you took a trip, J.D., you'd, get, you'd grab a map, and you would say, I'm going to take this road this way until I get to this road because the road here doesn't go to where I need to go, so I need to take this road. And then I'm going to go from that road to this road. And we gotta, you have to map out a course. You have to map out a route until it gets you to your final destination. With this walk with God... You cannot just strike out on a road and just hope that it gets you somewhere. You can't just, you can't just, you, you, if, if heaven's this way, you can't strike out this way and hope to get there. You can't walk the, the wide, uh, easy path that leads, that the Bible tells us leads to destruction and hope to make it to heaven. We can't do that, but no, we got to set our course. we got to realize that I need to travel this direction. And every so often, we we, we got to make sure that we're still on the right road. I was talking to um, Richie uh, yesterday, and uh, we talked for a little bit, and I was checking on his grandmother, and he called me today. He said, bro, he said, I was talking to you yesterday on the phone, and they were driving to Florida going on vacation. He said, in somewhere in hello and goodbye, I missed my road. And he said, I had to drive through the back 40 just to try to find my way back to where I needed to be. But he missed his turn. Listen, sometimes we got to make sure that we're still on the right road that we set our, set our path on. Sometimes we got we to look at our surroundings and, and sometimes we'll look and say, well, this doesn't look very familiar. I, I'm not exactly sure where I'm at. We got to make sure that we're still on the road that leads to our ultimate destination. I was, when I worked for pastor, I tell, I've told this a few times and I still laugh about it, but I was working in uh, St. Louis, and I was coming back uh, to Indianapolis, and just oh, probably 20 miles this side of St. Louis, uh, unbeknownst to me, apparently, uh, 57 and 70 split. And so I'm driving, and uh, I'm I'm talking to the guy I'm riding with, and we're driving on down the road, having a good time. And uh, about an hour and a half later, I stopped and I said. Bro, anything look familiar to you? And uh, I should have been carrying on 70, but somehow I found myself about 100 miles up 57. And so a trip that should have taken me four and a half hours ended up taking me seven hours 
because I did not realize the road. I, I'd gotten distracted in talking. I got distracted in, in, in whatever, and I found myself on the wrong road. Listen, as comical as that may seem and, and as, as uh, crazy as that analogy is, it's just like that in our walk with God. Sometimes we become distracted with life. And sometimes we become distracted by the stumbling blocks that we're trying to avoid and we're not really paying attention and we're just trying to get through life and, and all of a sudden everything that, 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 we were, that we were striving for, everything that we were walking towards that we had lost sight of is suddenly nowhere to be found. We stop and we take inventory and we realize kind of like Bugs Bunny, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque somewhere, and I've ended up on a, on a, on a course that is not going to get me to where I need. I wish the young people were in here tonight because young people are very susceptible to this. They travel life, and uh, somewhere, somehow, and it happens to every one of us, their, their vision becomes clouded, and, and, and they, they're just walking through life, having a good time. And, the, and they find themselves very often in a place that they never intended to be. And it can happen with us, too. We can walk through life, and we become so busy with just trying to uh, achieve the things in life that we want to achieve. We all have plans. They're all things that we want to achieve. And we just we, we get busy in life and, and we're just searching after our achievements and what we want and what we think makes us successful in life. And by, by doing so, sometimes we just lose our way. So sometimes we got to stop and take inventory. We got to search ourselves. We got to search where we're at. We got to check our surra- surroundings. And we got to decide. We got to make a decision at that point. Is this road going to lead? To where I need to go. I have talked with a, a friend of mine to, uh, yesterday. Um, he pastored a church, um, served as the, the youth secretary in Arkansas for many, many years, and uh, began to watch uh, some Facebook posts and things that he was putting on social media and saw that he was beginning to deviate from the path that he had set out to travel. And I talked to him for the first time in a, a couple of years yesterday, and he has since, because he had just decided that he was going to wander down whatever path he wanted to wander down. Maybe it was to grow a church. I, I don't know the reasoning, and, I, and I, I'm not going to ask him, but now he's found himself uh, having resigned his church, moving out of state to a different state, and now serving in a, church, in a church that does not believe, nor do they preach the apostolic doctrine. He was a preacher of the gospel, pastored a church, came from a great family of, of ministry. His father is a very successful minister. And he set out on a road, but somewhere he lost his direction. Somewhere... On that road and in life, he lost his course. And now he, he finds himself on a road that, according to the Word of God, is not going to lead him to where he needs to go. Listen, it's very important that we take inventory ever so often. That's why I've heard people ridicule uh, 
over, over the years as I was a kid, people that would always run to the altar on a Sunday, they were like, well, they need, to get, they need to finally pray through and get their life right. No, maybe they're just taking inventory. Maybe they're realizing, hey, God, I, I'm just checking myself today because I, I know that how easy I can get mixed up in life, and I know how, how easily I can lose my way. So, God, I'm going to spend a little time, and I'm going to take inventory. I'm going to search my surroundings to make sure that my life and my walk with you lines up up to my ultimate destination, and that is making it to heaven. So take inventory every so often. There has to be a destination. There has to be a course that is charted in order us in order for us to, ar- to arrive anywhere. If you don't have a destination, then you're just out for a Sunday drive. Until you have a plan, you're just expending energy. You're just spinning your wheels until you have a destination in mind. There has to be a charted course that is designed to get you to your ultimate destination. I'm about through tonight. You would be surprised how many people live their lives just like that. They don't have any direction. They don't don't have any... uh, Playing with their walk with God, they're just aimlessly wandering around in the world. They're wandering from experience to experience. They say that you could take a pound of smokeless gunpowder. I would never try this, but they say you could do it. You can take a pound of it in an open container. You can light a match. You can throw it in the gunpowder. And you wouldn't be in, in, in any danger of harm or of an explosion, because that gunpowder is designed to burn and burn quickly. You light a match to it, a fire erupts, but it burns out real quick. But you can take that same gunpowder, and you can take just a fraction of it, and you can put that powder into a brass casing. And on one end, you can put a uh, primer cap, and you can put a lead or a steel projectile on the other end. And you can take that now bullet and you can put it in a gun and you can put it in the hands of a marksman. And just because of that little change, because of that little containment of that powder, you now have tremendous killing ability. There is now potential to wreak havoc in someone's life. That one bullet and that one fraction of powder that is now contained can cause a coarse altering devastation in someone's life. Tremendous potential that lies in just one fraction of powder, but it has to be contained and it has to be pointed in a direction. So it is with our lives tonight. There is tremendous potential in this building, tremendous potential in this building right now to think about what one person can do for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight and that two can put 10,000 to flight. There's tremendous potential, but listen, it has to be contained. It has to be reined in. There has to be some direction and there has to be some guidance in order for that potential to come to light. And out there, Somewhere in the distance, there's a great target for excellence, and it's our destination. 
And in God's mind, there is a place that you and I can dwell, but we will never reach that place by just living by what pleases us and by living by what we feel like. We will never reach that place without God's direction. We have to contain ourselves and allow God to point us in the direction that he has set for our lives. In order for us to get somewhere, we have to be going somewhere. In order for us to make the journey to heaven, then we have to be on a journey. We have to be walking. We have to be, we have to be deciding to put some effort, to, put some, to expend some energy in getting to where God wants us to be. You have to have direction in your life. Enoch's life wasn't noted in the, Bible, in the Bible for any exceptional thing. He didn't call fire down from heaven. He didn't heal the lepers. He never parted the waters of a sea. But the Bible says that the only outstanding quality of his excellence was that he pleased the Lord. What an incredible testimony of Enoch's life. Very incremental, very small measures that he took to become the great man of God that he was. And sometimes we think, well, I can never live up to, to anything. I can't, I can't walk with God like that. I can't, I can't spend that kind of time in prayer. I can't spend that kind of time uh, reading the Word of God. But listen, it starts by taking one step at a time. Maybe you can't pray three hours like Bishop can pray three hours, but maybe you can pray 20 minutes or maybe you can pray 15 minutes. That's where it starts by taking a little step, baby steps, if you will, taking baby steps until just like that, that goose when it begins to fly and he, he can only fly a certain distance before he wears out and he has to land by, by pushing himself a little further every day, just a little further every day, then he can take off in flight some, some 3,000 miles across the country to, to go south for the winter and then turn around and make that same flight back home. Why? Because there were baby steps that were taken. There was, there, was, there was practice that was put into motion. There was training that was put into motion. If you can't pray three hours a day, that's fine. Do whatever you can do. Maybe you can't walk with God like pastor can walk. Maybe you don't have that same kind of walk that he has, and that's okay. That just means that you got to walk with God to the best of your ability. you got to do whatever you can uh, to walk with God, and you got to push yourself a little further every day. Because if I am, uh, if my, Brother Mick, if my relationship with God is not any better than it was last year, then I'm not really walking with God. I'm not taking the steps that are necessary. I'm not traveling to a destination. If my walk with God is just as superficial as it was last year at this time, then I am not doing everything that I can do to walk with Him. Because if we just begin to walk and we begin to 
get in the Word of God and we begin to develop a prayer life and we begin to, to walk with Him, uh, we're, we're, we're going to grow. It's like a new, a, a, a new convert that comes into church. They don't come into church knowing everything. They don't come into church knowing our holiness standards. They don't know why we do some of the things we do. I get asked all the time, why do you guys do this? Why do you guys line up this way? Why, why this and why that? They don't know what you know. They don't know what I know. But it's something that we have learned. It's something that we have prepared ourselves year after year after year after walking with God. And now we are at this place. And listen, if it's taken us this long to get to where we're at, how long is it going to take us to get where to where we need to go? But we know that it's not going to happen overnight. But we have to keep walking with Him. We have to keep walking with Him. We have to keep putting one foot in front of the other until we get to where God wants us to be. Our ultimate destination is heaven. Our ultimate destination is to make it, to, to walk inside the pearly gates and walk on the streets of gold and to occupy a mansion in heaven. That's our ultimate goal. But listen, there's got, we can't just go from here, Sister Nancy, to there. But there's got to be goals. There's got to be waypoints, if you will, that are set between here and, and, and where we want to go. And we've got to make sure. We can't just strike out on that journey and just expect to make it there overnight. But we've got to get to this place. And if I get here, then I'm just one step closer to there. And I go from here, I go to this next waypoint. And when I'm here, I, I, I'm, I'm still close to where I began, but I'm still closer to where I, I want. Anybody understand what I'm saying? It's sometimes it's just it's, it's frustrating to us. And we, we, we wonder, why is it taking us so long? And how come I can't get there? But there's a process that every one of us have to go through. And it starts by putting one foot in front of the other and just walking with God day after day, waking up, putting our feet on the floor and say, I'm going to live for God today to the best of my ability. I may, I may have failed him yesterday. And I may fail him today and I may fail him tomorrow. But I'm going to still walk to him, walk with him to the best of my ability. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, but we can't allow it to cause us to just give up and say, you know, I've gone this far. I think that's far enough for me. We've got an ultimate destination, and if we stop back here, there's no way that we'll ever get to where God has designed us to go. I hope I'm helping somebody tonight. I hope I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Maybe, maybe... We just need to take some time and do some inventory and take a look at our life and examine our walk with God. And how, 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 how hard am I trying? How serious am I about walking with God? How serious am I about going further in God than I've ever been? How, 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 how is the road that I'm on right now, how's it going to get me to where I want to go? Because let me tell you something. It may be something that you want to do. It may please your flesh. But if that road that you're on is not going to get you to heaven, honey, you need to abandon that road. If you, if, if you can't live for God because you want to go do this and you want to go that place and that's standing between you and God, man, that, that's not worth 
That's not worth going to. That's that, that road's not worth walking down. Yeah, it may look fun, and yeah, it may be pleasurable for, this, for a season because the Bible says that the pleasures of sin last for a season. It may be tempting to us, but listen, if it's not going to get me to where I need to go, then I'm going to abandon it. I, I don't need that in my life. I don't, I don't need to go there because I've got to focus. i got my attention focused on where God wants me to be, whether it's a job, <coughs> whether it's a group of friends that you hang out with, listen, there's no friend in the world that is worth me losing out with God for. There is not a temptation in this world that is worth me losing my soul over. And let me take that a little step further, <coughs> parents, there's not a event, there's not a popularity contest that is worth my kids, me allowing my kids to lose their soul over. There's not a girl in this world. Now, they're a long way from that now, okay? So don't let me get any ideas. Aiden's not dating anybody right now. They're in a girl, when he gets of age, they're in a girl in this world that's pretty enough that I would allow him to mess up his life and leave his walk with God for. Because not only is this walk about me, not only am I responsible for me, but let me speak to every man and father in this place tonight as a priest of your home. Not only are you responsible for you, but you're responsible for your family. You're responsible for your kids. Just like, I, I, I remember one time somebody uh, used to go to church here. They don't anymore, so no big deal. But they were living their life just doing whatever they wanted to do. And they would come into church and try to portray something else and um, we l- try to love them through it. But they made a statement to someone one time and said, you know, I, I really see, I see it like this. It doesn't really matter what I do. It doesn't really matter how I live because after all, one day, it's going to be pastor that has to give an account for me. That's messed up. Now, I will say that they have since turned their life around Call it youth. I don't know what was speaking there. And yes, pastor will have to stand and give an account for us if we go astray. But listen, every priest of every home, every father, is going to be in that same position when we have to stand before God and give an account for our family. Pretty sobering if you think about it. Why did you not teach your kids to do different? Why this and why that? We have to stand before an almighty God and give an account for how we led those that he entrusted us with. There's nothing in this world worth losing sight 
of our ultimate destination, not just for me, but for my family. Got to lead them, just like Enoch. He saw that boy. He said that God's entrusted me with this son. God's entrusted me with these people, these, my family. I'm going to have to lead them. I'm going to have to teach them. The way we cannot, we cannot leave it up to the Sunday school teacher, and we cannot leave it up to pastor to teach our kids and teach our family what's right and wrong and how they should walk and how we get our direction from our shepherd, and and that is correct, absolutely. But we can't. It's not. It's not. It's not just his responsibility. It's not just. Pastor's responsibility to make sure that you and I walk according to the word of God, but it's our responsibility. As much as we don't want to admit that sometimes, it's the truth. It's our responsibility. So what we let our families do, what we let our kids do, and and I'm not talking to anybody in this building I, I know of, of nothing like that going on, but I'm just causing us to think, should we ever find ourselves at that place where we have just lost direction and we've just started walking down a road aimlessly and saying, I, you know, we're just going to see where life takes I'm going to see where this road takes me. Listen, you better not waste your time with seeing where the road takes you, but you better, you better do some preparation. You better, you better get your road map out. You better get this out and you better chart your course that is going to get you to where you need to be. You need, you need, to, you need to plan your life according to this road map. You need, to, you need to plan your journey according to the thus saith the word of God. And, and you better align your life with this book because this is the road map that's going to get you to where you need to go. This is what's going to set you on the right road to walk. And it's going to be the thing that keeps you should a stumbling block cause you to fall, align yourself with the Word of God. Walk with Him to the best of your ability. Do whatever you can to walk with Him the best that you can and have a destination in mind because you'll never, ever get there. You'll never get anywhere unless you're traveling. You'll never get there. You'll never get to heaven unless you're on a journey, unless you're journey, unless you're laboring here on earth. It's a, it's a journey. It's, a, it's hard. It's, it's long. It's arduous. It's rough. It's a rough road. But in order for us to get where God wants us to be, we got to travel it. I wish I had a better answer for you. I wish it was easy. I wish God would come and translate us all. I wish God would look at all of us and say, well, they're all so righteous and so holy. I'm just going to take them, and I'm not going to let them taste death, and I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to let them t- go on this journey even any, any further because they've already proven themselves. And if God does that, I'm not saying that God can't. If God so chooses, that's great. But listen, until he does, and until I hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, I'm on a journey. And every so often I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a, an inventory of my surroundings. I'm going to, I'm going to take a, an inventory of the landscape, and I'm going to make sure that I, myself, not only am walking on the right road, but I'm leading those around me on the same road that's going to lead to where God wants us to be. Would you stand with me tonight? Would you just raise your hands, and would you ask God to uh, 
just help us on this journey called life, on this walk with God. Come on, would you just lift your hands all over, all over the building? Would you just, just take, take a moment and just kind of survey the, the surroundings that are on the road that you're on right now and, 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 and decide and make a decision, is this road going to get me to where I need to go? And if it's not, why don't you just go ahead and, and commit to God that I, I, I'm going to leave that road behind, but God put me on the right path to where I need to go. God, help us right now as a people, as a church, God, as leaders of our homes, God, as parents, God, help us, Lord Jesus, to have a walk with you, God, that that causes you to say one day, God, that, that, that you're pleased with us and causes you to look at us and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God, thank you for this group of people that are here in your house tonight. God, thank you for the worship and the praise that's been here. Thank you for speaking to us tonight, God, and help us, God, to realize, God, and to see should we stray down a road that you never intended us to be on. God, help us to have direction and to have a destination in mind. In Jesus' name.